0: It's Holy Week, and as we look forward to this celebration, we can't help but do so without looking back at what just took place in our nation as a wave of violence at the hands of trans activists has swept our nation. And of course, I'm talking about not only the Nashville shooter, but other incidents around our nation. Now, has Trans Day of Visibility finally found its culmination, and is this religious holiday nothing more than a celebration of the self? Well, I'll try to tell you why, but then also try to share how Easter can be a remedy for the cult of self-love, and how abandoning self may actually be way better than what we're seeing. And we'll do that by looking at stories just like how Volkswagen in Chattanooga is mourning the death of these six people in Nashville. Let's just say that it has nothing to do with these families and everything to do with the shooter. And then we'll also look at what's going on in the church. As we look towards Easter, we see that Carl Lentz now is the chief strategist at Transformation Church with Mike Todd. Is there going to be a really good strategy at that church? Well, we'll see no. And then finally, we'll look at a final argument from the left dealing with the importance of prayer and why we are continually reminded in the present that the left has no understanding of Christianity and religion and shouldn't be trusted as an authority on it ever. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Our show today is sponsored by Anchor. If you're looking for help to try to curb the aftermath of leftist policy in this nation, well, then you need to take your financial future into your own hands. You can do that by starting your own business. But if you're going to do that, you need experts in your corner that can help you with payroll, accounting, staffing, and so much more. You don't need to hold your breath to wait for our political class to actually become fiscally responsible because you will be dead. So what you need to actually do is you need to go to ancur.biz today so that our friends over at Anchor can help put legs underneath your vision. Go over to ancur.biz, and when you do so, let them know that Thinker sent you. Well, our nation is reeling from the aftermath of a trans shooter killing six people at the Covenant School in Nashville, and then we had to endure the insufferable nature of Transgender Day of Visibility. Now, you may be asking to yourself, why do we need a whole day to celebrate transgender visibility do they have secret powers of invisibility or did we somehow in pride month miss the assless chaps and the pride flags waving around in small children's faces or perhaps did we miss the very large men shoving themselves in women's lingerie and shaking their butts in front of children at drag queen story hour um and if you're If you're wondering, the answer to that is no, we saw all of it, but it's never enough because there is an insatiable hunger to make sure that the present national religion of America is celebrated as much as possible, especially as we get closer to religious holidays. You will find it as no surprise that the more we get closer and closer to the brink of our own destruction— That when Christian holidays happen, they will become more secularized, they will become more polluted, and more violence will take place around those holidays as our society becomes more secular. Because if you've watched the show in the past, you understand secularism does not mean that you're simply agnostic or even that you're just atheist, as though atheism was not a logical fallacy. That's a show for a different day. But But hopefully you know by now that secularism doesn't mean that you are irreligious. Au contraire, my friend. It actually means that uh, there's a very real God and you really do believe in him. It's just not the God of scripture or the God of the Bible. It's not the God of antiquity that's passed down wisdom to us that helps shape this wonderful nation. Actually, it's the God of self. So there is a God. It's just not the man upstairs. It's the man in the mirror. And I hope we can see that as we celebrate Transgender Day of Visibility. I hope we can understand that perhaps the greatest expression of self-worship is in the present, transgenderism. So transgenderism is a religion in that it's theological. It believes in an all-powerful self that can self-determine your own biological self. Here's Charlotte Clymer doing just that for us. By the way, as a Christian, I find it offensive. They would leverage Christ's teachings in such a heinous way against innocent people. We are a vibrant, diverse community, as diverse as anyone else. You know, I'm from the great state of Texas. I served in the military. I go to church every Sunday. My faith is very important to me. But God made me in her image. God made me transgender. So is it any wonder that this man, parading himself around as a woman on national television and supposedly an expert— tells us that the God that they believe in is a woman. And, of course, that woman God that this person believes in affirms all of his decisions. Now, push aside the fact for a moment that uh, God is not deceived. Uh, Charlotte Clymer is, and Charlotte Clymer is a dude. And we get back, more importantly, to this fact that that when you— are really on the throne, God starts to look a lot like you. And that's exactly what we see here with Charlotte Clymer, because God is not only a woman, but God is affirming. And so, of course, God would never uh, try to correct or disapprove of any of the decisions of an individual, especially not when you are that God. So hopefully we can see Transgenderism is absolutely theological. Now, it's also liturgical because it believes not only in the all-powerful self, but in the all-knowing self that can prescribe language that then everyone should use. The usage of pronouns, or the lack thereof, will come with a punishment, and the usage of pronouns must come with an implicit acknowledgement that the person who developed and created those pronouns is somehow innately attuned to to a, to a truth that, that you must adhere to. Now, finally, not only is it liturgical, it's incredibly dogmatic, as it celebrates religious holidays, like we just saw with Transgender Day of Visibility. Now, to kick off this celebration of Transgender Day of Visibility, a woman who thinks she is a man marched into a Christian school in Nashville and killed six people. Although the mainstream media would love for you to take your attention away from this tragic event and the inevitable manifesto release, which hopefully will be released, but ultimately will only tell us what what we already know, which is that the left not only exacerbated but created this issue with mental illness and mental disorder being celebrated in our nation. Now, you may be saying, Reed, this was an isolated incident, and we cannot expect that everybody who is transgender is somehow going to go into a school and shoot people. No, that is true. There are certainly gradations of mental disorder, and we need to be aware of that. But I can at least argue this, that narcissism has become our state religion, and that transgenderism is a religion, and you can see that in a group of people who didn't follow necessarily the lead of that shooter in Nashville, but certainly took a page from the playbook of terrorism and insurrection, if you want to use that word, as a group of people invaded the state capital in Tennessee to supposedly protest gun violence. So here's a clip of some activists doing just that now with a keen eye you will see a group of people who totally don't understand irony as they hold pride flags and say no violence on them or peace upon them while they are also shouting the mantra no action no peace no action no peace no action no peace no action no peace peace. now of course this isn't a a celebration of transgenderism directly this is a protest to be intellectually honest this is a protest against gun violence but it's interesting that on the heels of the shooting in nashville a group of people some of which holding pride flags are saying no action no peace so maybe they hate gun violence but they certainly aren't opposed to violence because implicit in what they are saying and it is such a bold and vile implication They are saying that ultimately you do what we want, or you can expect more violence. We will target more Christians. We will target more of your babies. We will target more of your women and more of your elderly black men. We don't care who they are, even though you are the intersectional left. We'll kill all of them if you don't do what we want. Now, you might say, well, Reed, that's a little too far. But How can we say that when the left has been consistently convincing transgender people that we are interested in exterminating them? And simply because places like Tennessee and places like Kentucky where a similar insurrection took place, uh, people have been limiting the ways in which minors can receive gender mutilation surgery. And when that has happened, the media has come to the aid of the transgender community to assure them that this is a bunch of radical extremists that don't want to butcher children and that they are interested in a genocide of you and they are interested in making sure that they extinguish your existence. Now, that seems like some pretty charged rhetoric. And moreover, we're seeing even soft peddling stuff like this from the New York Post. So, To kick off the celebration of transgender Jay of Visibility, like I already suggested, a white girl stepped into a school in Nashville. She killed children, an elderly black man working as a custodian in the school, and a bunch of women. And still, according to the media, that individual can be a victim. Now... Tell me that doesn't exacerbate this kind of stuff. The New York Post just said this, and this is hardly a, a left-wing source. Nashville shooter was heartbroken over the death of friends she may have been infatuated with. Well, my God, we feel so bad that she was heartbroken over the death of her friend. We all have issues, right? But not everybody takes a gun and goes and shoots up a bunch of Christians as a result of that. So forgive me that I don't want to have sympathy right now for the shooter and I would rather have sympathy for these families that don't seem to be getting much of it. And mainly not because I don't have sympathy for this girl, but mainly because I'm concerned with the ways in which the media can exacerbate and create these kind of issues if they are not careful. One of which, trying immediately to create sympathy with the shooter rather than condemning the shootings 100%. So, hopefully, we can see that because of the media, there is this creation of this state narcissistic religion, and hopefully, you can see that there is a problem with this. Here's the real big problem. As I've argued on the show before, behavior is consistent with belief. So, behavior naturally follows belief, and you can see that even in an implied implied tweet by Chank Iger, who is... um, Let's just say the best the left has to offer, and this is what they offer up, steaming hot piles of, well, you'll see. Quote, so whenever a Muslim or trans person does a shooting, it's because they're Muslim or trans. But when a straight Christian male does it, it's not their identity that's the problem. How can people not see how insanely irrational that is? Well, I'd rather kind of look at the insanely irrational nature of transgenderism, which says that a man was born in the wrong body and can chop his Junk off and become a woman, but rather I'll just I'll just mention this. Um, By what metric would you consider everybody that shoots um, that shoots somebody a Christian? Since you know Christians kind of have that whole "thou shalt not kill" thing. By what metric is he judging that ninety eight percent of all other shooters are white male Christians? Exactly. Of course he totally made that up. And you can understand this just simply with common sense, because like I mentioned before, actually Christians don't go around killing people. Remember that whole Jesus guy who was the one who was actually killed and didn't actually kill anybody and said, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword and all that kind of stuff. And then again, the thou shalt not kill inconvenient truth, Al Gore. Yeah. So the reality is, is that anybody that's going around killing people cannot be classified as a Christian. But now wait a second. But a Muslim can be because actually, it, according to the Quran, is actually permissible to kill infidels. And I have one other for you. Also, since Chink mentioned it, the trans person has a worldview that is logically consistent with doing this kind of thing. So essentially, I'm making the argument here that whenever a Christian does acts of violence, they are doing so in contradiction to their belief. Whenever a Muslim or a trans person does it, it is actually... It is actually in compliance with their belief, potentially. Again, not making the argument that all trans people or all Muslims kill people. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But I am saying it is logically consistent. So let's just look at transgenderism, at least. The idea that you should butcher your body physically because of a feeling is also the same logic that would tell you that it is permissible to hurt other people because of the way they make you feel. See, it's not too much of... A logical leap. Furthermore, let me just say this. We've thrown around the word mentally ill a lot lately, and frankly, very few of the people who are saying it, including myself, have the requisite kind of experience to do so. We can only just say, well, somebody must be mentally ill if they're going to absolutely disregard kind of societal structures that keep people in place and and go and kill six people in a Christian school. But what if that shooter was not mentally ill but actually just evil. So let me give you a for instance. So we say Hitler, uh, that person wasn't mentally ill. He he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was putting people in concentration camps and he knew how vile it was and he did it into anyway. And we would never call Hitler, typically not, mentally ill. Why? Because we don't want to take away his mental capacity to be responsible for his decision making. Because of course, when we say somebody's mentally ill, especially in a court of law, what we're saying is that they don't understand morality. They don't, have the requisite mental capacity to understand right from wrong, but almost everybody believes that Hitler knew what he was doing was absolutely wrong and did it anyway. Now, as I mentioned before, this trans shooter could easily have been said; it could be the, said the same of of her, because. Again, the media has told that, uh, her that whenever Tennessee does things like restricts gender mutilating care for minors, what they're actually interested in doing is upping the suicide rate and that there is an imminent threat to trans people by the right. And of course, there is no greater poster child for the right than a Christian at a Christian school. So those little eight and nine year olds, the little bigots, they deserve to be exterminated or they will get old enough to exterminate me. I'm only saying that we've been preaching this message to people so that it becomes logically consistent for a trans shooter to go and do this kind of thing. Let me step back further and even make a little bit more of a kind of softer argument here. Um, in the Bible, we see people worship Molech, where they sacrifice their children to a false god for the sake of their own life's convenience. You know, maybe they need rain to fall because their crops aren't growing. Maybe they need the sun to, sh- sun to shine because it's raining too much and there's floods. And so they sacrifice their children to Molech to make their lives a little bit more convenient and better for themselves. Now, I hate to draw an obvious dis- obvious correlation here, but doesn't that sound like the modern-day cult of, a, of abortion um, and and how we are willing to exterminate life in the womb just simply because it is inconvenient and it might help us and benefit us if we could just get rid of this little minor inconvenience in our womb that one day could be a bouncing baby boy or girl? Well, the point is, is that we would call Moloch worshipers may be deceived by a pagan idea but we would call them evil for burning their children alive on an altar so that they could have rain and sunlight but we would say that a person who has an abortion is neither mentally ill nor evil but just simply trying to make a practical decision so the reason we think that is because in the present we have watered down what we actually think not only about mental illness but more importantly about evil We fail to see it in each and every one of us, and that is why we have developed religions around the idea that all of our decisions must be good and must be celebrated. But if there is a cure for this narcissism, it certainly has to come to us around the time of Easter, because when we look at Christianity and common sense, frankly, we realize that there's really no real way to love yourself. Narcissism says, love yourself. And it has replaced the love of family, the love of other, and the love of God. See, love yourself is a message in futility. And really, love others is how you truly express love. There's really no way to love yourself. So psychologists and pastors have convinced us very often that you can. But the reality is, is from a theological perspective, especially, only God can love himself because he is a triune being. And by this, we see. Love necessitates another person, and Easter shows us that beautifully. It shows us that love is sacrifice for and commitment to another. Jesus says this in the greatest commandment. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. A lot of people argue, well, read that means you have to love yourself if you're really going to love other people, and the reverse is said on purpose from Jesus, because we have no problem loving ourselves. What the real problem we have doing is loving other people the way we're supposed to. And Jesus also said it this way. Love has no greater one than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. So in other words, loving self really isn't what it's about. It's more about abandonment of self in order to love others. So the experts will tell you that, um, you know, the love of self matters more than anything else. It's what matters most in this world. But that's why our world is suffering in the present because we don't know one of the most essential and and important virtues that we need in a society. Love can only come from another and to another, and only God can truly show us authentic love in its purest form. That's what we see in the Passion Week. We see somebody who is willing to cling to others so much that he was willing to cling to a cross and so as we can tell by that cross love is much bigger than yourself and i fear if we don't get this right we'll continue to groan with the aches and pains of secularism because it will never truly fill us with the love fill us with the love that we actually need and we'll talk about that more in our top stories today You may be familiar at this point with the fact that I live in Chattanooga, love the city, have covered things that have happened in our city in the past with transgender events that took place in restaurants, especially last year in September, of all things. Apparently, Pride Month wasn't enough. We had to also have a week of Pride celebrations in our city. Now, thankfully, those things have been outlawed for children. And uh, we will not need to protect children from the predation of adults in that way moving forward. However, it hasn't stopped certain activist organizations from infiltrating local businesses like a branch of Volkswagen that is in Chattanooga. It's been big to the city, but Volkswagen is no stranger to woke propaganda, as you'll see in this commercial that took place back in 2020. So here's that. They say you can't choose your family. Well, we beg to differ because family can be whoever or whatever you want it to be. So if there's no such thing as an average family, why drive an average family SUV? So while it's objectively true that marriage and family look a little bit different, as they say, um, I do want to ask you this. What in the world does that have to do with cars exactly? Uh, What does the definition of marriage and family look like then if it is so different that you feel as a car company, you should explain it for us? We'll get to that in just a moment. But... This wasn't where they stopped, of course, because in the aftermath of what just took place in Nashville, and again, Nashville is only a little less than two hours to the west of Chattanooga, rather than mourning the loss of these families or passing something out to these employees who perhaps may even have family out in Nashville to try to honor these families and what took place there and try to remember those people in a meaningful way. Instead, on Transgender Day of Visibility, we we had Chattanooga. Uh, Volkswagen pass out these handouts. Now, you'll see it on the screen underneath a piece of paper. It looks like fruit snacks uh, are there to pass out to adults for some reason. But nonetheless, on top of that fruit snack is a piece of paper. And on that paper, it says this, in recognition of transgender day of visibility, the LGBTQ plus Allies, E-R-G, will be partnering with the Employee Assistance Program. By the way, those guys have to get a better name than LGBTQ+, Allies, E-R-G. Anyway, a a seminar, so they're offering a seminar, a seminar focusing on best practices within the workplace through a gender-affirming lens will be offered April 4th from 3 to 4 p.m. in the conference center. Way to go now no mention of prayers for the lost uh, loved ones of the community in Nashville or of the families of that that are feeling that that pain right now but no rather the the irony escapes these folks that just a couple of days after this shooter killed people In Nashville and was trans, they want to talk to a group of people not far from Nashville about how hateful and intolerant they can be and how they need to be more tolerant of trans people. So in other words, a a mere extortive attempt to try to get you to conform. Now, going back to our friends with the really long and ridiculous name LGBTQ plus allies, ERG, which by the way, I suggest and want to continue to do so on the show that we should get rid of the plus in that we should have the whole alphabet represented because the plus is not affirming enough. Uh, so it should be like LGBTQ, ABCD, EFGH, OJk LMNP, like, and, and go and go until every person is recognized. Um, that list will reach to Mars, by the way. But but a quick question for you, LGBTQ plus allies ERG, I bet you can't guess who that company is that's partnering with Volkswagen to offer this conference and how to be more tolerant and uh, more affirming in the workplace. Well, if you guessed that LGBTQ plus allies, ERG at infinitum, is a hospital, you would be correct. Now, isn't that interesting? A hospital is teaming up with Volkswagen to create gender-affirming environments. And I'm sure that hospital has nothing to gain, no surgeries perhaps that might line their pockets with cash, as they continue to try to invade corporations to implement their woke DEI policies. So once again, the tolerant left is at it, demanding that employees go to this optional worship service for trans people in the aftermath of this killing of children, women, and one man at Covenant Christian School. Now, I'm not going to hold my breath to wait for the Christian conference that celebrates Easter and how to become more affirming to people around Easter time so that when they say, God bless you to you, you don't give them a snide look or think that somebody just sneezed, but that you actually understand that's language meant to convey Christian love and concern. So I won't hold my breath waiting for that conference to come to VW. You know why? Because there is a cult, there is a religion in America, and it's uh, a it looks nothing like christianity. So trust me, the irreligious are definitely gaining ground in in this nation. But I want to take a step away from that very important fact and just just ask a question that perhaps exposes why this agenda is so sadistic and wrong. And that's this. VW tells us, you know, and is trying to affirm in the workplace this very idea that the family is much broader and more and more uh more wide than you can ever expect. So please tell us, VW, what are the limits of the family? Or perhaps there are none. Maybe the way to be truly affirming is to accept and love everything, even things that are objectively immoral and gross. So does the does the family include pedophiles loving children and, and welcoming uh, children that don't actually belong to them and to their family so that they can marry children? What about marrying animals? Perhaps you should really develop a book, perhaps, you know, a scripture of sorts, a holy book to dictate to us exactly what the family looks sh- should look like from the VW perspective. Or how about this? You sell cars and we'll let pastors and people in ministry kind of develop an understanding of what the family is. So, you know, when I say this, people say, well, we need businesses that are socially responsible out there, not just in it to make money. No, all of that's turned into something vastly different than what you expected it would be, Um, of course, unless you were thinking about it before you actually implemented it. Companies trying to wage war on culture in America hasn't turned into socially responsible companies. All it's turned into is powerful companies using their money and influence to extort their employees and control society. It's all become a cloak by which companies allow their evil to fly under the radar. The diversity, equity and inclusion group has done nothing other than try to present themselves as moral leaders while companies like Apple can force modern day slaves to do their bidding and then make TV shows about how dangerous climate change is so they can preach to you. Today, people get their energy from the sun. Humans have set foot on Mars. Cancer has been defeated. And yet for every question answered. Another one appears. Here's what you need to know about global warmings. It will all go to shit at the end of the century. We'll be dead. We'll have to miss it, but we'll be smiling in gold-plated coffins. So the radical left that should be interested in the marginalized only seems to be worried about using companies to do their bidding for them. They seem hardly capable of actually understanding what their policies actually do to real people. So here's my exhortation to every single person that's leading a company or leading an aspect of a company. How about this? You make money and you do so to the benefit of your employees and to the people who are stakeholders in your business. And you let pastors handle the formation of the family since you know nothing about it or if you are going to wage into moral territory let's make sure that there's open debate and open dialogue about the implications of suggesting that you get to define it while this group of people doesn't Uh, because of course how tolerant and accepting the left is they love everyone's definition unless it disagrees with theirs Uh, but by the way uh, they're not alone because i don't want to pick on just the left because i also want to show how the cult of narcissism is actually kind of infiltrating the church. So just recently, Mike Todd asked Carl Lentz to come on staff at his church to be his chief strategist. Now, if you're aware of who Carl Lentz is, then you will be no stranger to the fact that Carl Lentz's strategy looks more like trying to figure out where he can place his privates more so than how to effectively and carefully exegete scripture. Sure, Carl Lentz was able to gather celebrities like Justin Bieber and Kim Kardashian and Kanye and others uh, to not much effect let's just say as you can see in clips like this backstage get yeah. here live if you can if not we love you God yeah. is yeah. able to do more than you can imagine yeah um, over to you uh what would Jesus do Oh. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure that we can expect anything different at Mike Todd's church now that Carl Lentz has spent a whole two years out of ministry and is now ready to get back in the game because he's fully repented. So just a couple of problems with this. How do we know that Carl Lentz is actually ready to go back into ministry? There's no objective uh, measure by which we can tell if he actually learned his lesson, if he's repented of past sin, or if he really wants to do better for himself and for his family. Of course, we have the fact that he's still married, but let's just say that, uh, color me skeptical, that that might have more to do with status than it actually does with the gospel. And that's the point at the end of the day, is that the cult of narcissism, when it's in church, is a really dangerous thing. When you're preaching messages to actually appease the people who are listening so that more money and more celebrities come... You're actually doing what is antithetical to preaching the gospel, of course. I'm not suggesting that preaching the gospel is just something that tries to rub people the wrong way or turn them away. What I am suggesting is this, is that the pastor needs to be able to preach the truth regardless of whether the people in the pews like it. And frankly, that's what's caused a lot of Christians in the present to flee from church. Now, I know the secularist out there who watches shows like this and uh, waits for me to comment on the fact that people are not attending church like they used to. They do so because they want to put a a flag in the ground of secularism and say, we've won and our worldview is better than yours. But of course, that's not the truth because that doesn't take into account the group of people who are daily alienated when they come to churches and they hear pastors wishy-washy and they hear pastors giving in and not actually standing for truth and not actually being a pioneer for what it looks like to stand up for truth in a culture that is antithetical to it. And that's the final point, which is, That we need pastors, especially in big platforms, who are not strategizing how to make good with celebrities. That's kind of like irrelevant. What we need is pastors like Mike Todd and like Carl Lentz showing us what authentic Christianity has looked like historically, which is a group of people who are willing to sacrifice their ego and sacrifice their reputation and even sacrifice their strategy if it ever flies in the face of biblical truth. But more and more, we don't see that. More and more, we have pastors who are willing to sacrifice the truth for the sake of building their platform, because their ideas are that if my platform gets bigger, then I can reach more people. Well, the problem is, is if you're sacrificing the truth in the process of building your platform, then you're actually not winning more people to the truth. You're actually just winning them to yourself. Now, we've seen It's an incredibly effective strategy to focus on the niceties of Christianity and try to avoid the more sticky portions of scripture that may not be as socially acceptable. This is the pop culture church of today. This is the strategy that people like Carl Lentz have implemented in his church and in other churches. And it's what we need less of because we're watching in real time the cult of narcissism, explode in our face? Why would we as Christians continue to do what we see the world doing to much ill effect? If anything, Easter week should tell us that the most important thing we can do is take up our cross and deny ourselves. And I hope you do that by not attending churches like Transformation Church, who have strategies like the seeker-sensitive one I just illustrated, but actually go to churches that are willing to preach uncompromising and difficult truths. By the way, It's not easy to do. One of the easiest things you can do as a pastor is just tell people what they want to hear. But that also makes you weak. And we need strong pastors in the present. Pastors like Rob McCoy. Pastors like my pastor. And by the way, Rob McCoy just met with Sean Foyt in Nashville to do one of the very few things that actually provided some sympathy and some healing to the people of Nashville, who are wrecked by what just took place in their community while we hear from places like vw as i mentioned before and other corporations around america how we need to celebrate transgender day of visibility very few corporations have taken the time to actually mourn what took place in nashville but we have courageous and godly men who are willing to do that which is why i am happy to endorse what rob mccoy did and Uh, Sean Foyt did at the concert that they just did and that day of prayer that they just did Saturday in Nashville. We need more of that and less of the Christian seeker-sensitive strategist, the strategist out there who are going to do nothing more than build a platform to glorify self very often. And that's why I want to bring you to our final story, because the glorification of self definitely has repercussions, especially as secularism becomes the national religion of our society. So here is a secularist on display as we jump into our final segment, Bible study with Democrats. Oh God of Pronouns. David Pagman is a progressive commentator, or as they say in America, a godless moron, and he is the focus of our segment today. And he recently tweeted this in the aftermath of that trans shooter going into a school in Nashville and killing six people. He tweeted this, quote, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school given the lack of prayer, is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly despite being a Christian school? Now, this wonderful homage to the people who were weeping their eyes out and are continuing to do so in the aftermath of losing their loved ones, um, let's just say that this, this homage actually didn't go over so well, so much so that David Man, sorry behind, took down this tweet After the fact, because he didn't want people to know that he is actually not only a godless moron, but a heartless coward. So a couple questions real quick. Who exactly is this tweet meant for? Is there a community of people online that when they see people who had their loved ones killed, they want to slam dunk on them? Yeah, you weren't praying hard enough, you Christians who just lost your kids. (laughs) I mean, like, who, what, what? Godless, soulless moron. As I said before, actually believes this kind of stuff. Um, but furthermore, another question here: When is lack of prayer actually blamed for school shootings? What Christian out there actually says, "Well, they weren't praying enough," so I mean, this is what happens when you don't pray. No, we actually ask people to pray in the aftermath because prayer is a great way of trying to help people process their emotions in a healthy way. See, Christianity is not body armor for suffering. It makes sense of suffering, but I wouldn't expect David Pac-Man to know anything about it or for him to have the humility to not wade into something that he doesn't know anything about. See, prayer, Pac-Man, is actually not a genie in a bottle. It's not there just to give you whatever you want, whenever you want. Prayer is actually communication with God. But I understand that that doesn't make sense to you because you've probably never tried it at all. But I might encourage you. It might actually provide a little heart. So I, I get it. It's a concept that can be confusing to a secular audience, but prayer is communication with God, especially when life doesn't make sense. That's why, Pac-Man, that's why it's so important that we do it. That's why it's so important in the aftermath of these school shootings, we recognize what secularism is causing in our nation. By the way, One of the things that's changing in our nation more and more is that people are attending church less, and we don't seem to very much ask the question, did mass shooters go to church before they participated in this shooting? And perhaps because we don't want the answer to that. Perhaps a great remedy to some of what's happening in our nation and the reason things are changing, because it's not like we have more guns now than we have in the past, Perhaps the thing that's changing, that's causing these school shootings in the first place, is that we have less and less a concept of religion and less and less a concept of God. So let me remind you, David Pack, man, uh, Jesus, you know, that guy that went to the cross and died, and then the people who followed in his footsteps, the martyrs who were willing to stand up for the truth regardless of what suffering it would cause them, that's what Christianity actually is. Not this religion that you've created in your own head that is supposed to keep you from any harm befalling you ever in life. See, Christianity actually is good for society because it teaches us what suffering can be for. The atheist has no idea what to do with suffering. See, because the Christian person who goes through suffering and then rejects God, all they got is now no longer god and suffering because you still got the suffering atheism isn't a cure for suffering at all in fact it only za- exacerbates it so so please that people like david Pac-Man can't come along and actually say that they have a cure for any of the difficulty of this world except to do something mechanical like talk about guns as though that were the real issue when we see people violating gun laws constantly Sure, take guns away from people and they'll. where there's a will, there's a way. Maybe you haven't seen books, you know, in bookstores called history books. But even before guns were around, rapes and conquest and all sorts of other things took place in society because there's actually this thing called evil. And atheists don't really know what to do with it because they can't use terms like good and bad without invoking some kind of religious ideas about who God is and what a holy standard looks like. So actually, Christianity can be good in situations like this, mainly because of this, not just because of good and evil and trying to discern that, but because if you keep your faith in the midst of suffering, rather than turning to atheism as an answer to suffering, well then actually you might have an outlet for making sense of your suffering or at least finding a therapeutic for your suffering. Again, atheism leaves you nothing but alone in this world, enjoying your suffering. The concept of God helps you understand that you may not actually be alone and there may be a source to help you in the midst of your suffering. But there's no wonder why we've got a group of people celebrating Trans Day of Visibility and they feel so invisible when the one person who is crying out to let them know that that person is seeing you is the one person those people reject the most. And of course, I'm talking about God. He's, he's watching and he's there. And he's reaching out to every single one of us. And I take this religious tone at the end of this at the end of this podcast, not only because it's Holy Week, not only because Easter is coming upon us very soon. Tomorrow will be Good Friday, and I hope you find a way to celebrate it and find a church where you can go participate in Good Friday celebrations. But because I care about this nation, and I care about the people in it, and I know the curative for so much of what's going on in our nation is a return to God away from the madness. And there is sanity in the midst of it because... The person who made you and the person who can truly help you understand who you really are is the one who can help you. And trust me, he's there, whether you like it or not. And I hope you do. If you do like it, I'd love to hear from you down in the comment section below. You can like and share and subscribe to this podcast. But most importantly, you can go with God. Happy Easter.